This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Welcome back, everybody, for another episode of A Star Wars Journey with Ashley and Brandy. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brandy. And tonight we're going to be covering the second half of Season 3 of The Clone Wars, as well as the first few episodes of Season 4. Uh, but before we begin with news, Brandy, uh, we forgot to do this last week. We got to give a shout out to the sweetheart over at the Sky Guys podcast for leaving us that very sweet message. Remember? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I thought about that last week that we forgot to do that. But uh, the Sky Guys are our new vlog. Uh, you can find them on YouTube. They're doing the same journey that we are. They're going through canon. And um, super nice guys. I talk to them on Twitter all the time. So really, everybody should go over to YouTube and check them out. They were really uh, sweet to leave us that message. Yes, it was. Uh, we, we really appreciate getting positive feedback like that. So again, thank you guys so much. Uh, can't wait to check out some of your stuff and see what you think about Clone Wars. So yeah. uh, Brandy, what is uh, going on for news this week? Okay, um, well, we had kind of a slow week, a little sleepy week, but there are some notable things to talk about. Okay. Um, first of all, there's two new characters being cast for Mandalorian Season 3. Um, according to insiders at Murphy's Multiverse, these characters are described as, quote, younger street kids. Okay. And they're codenamed Drash and Scad. Huh, Okay. And previously, they were thought to be a part of the Book of Boba Fett, but now they are confirmed to be part of Mandalorian Season 3. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Anything that has to do with the Mandalorian Season 3. <laughs> it is really cool. You know what I hope it is, Ashley? I hope it's like more flashbacks to D to Din's um, uh, upbringing, how he grew up. And how these were like periphery, maybe like some of his friends. Yeah, I I, that's that. actually what I first thought of when you said street kids. I'm thinking, ooh, well, that, that maybe that's around the age that, uh, you know, we first meet Din. So that would be cool. I would love that. Yes, that would be so awesome. I would love that. Um, so uh, also, a Disney CEO confirmed that Kathleen Kennedy isn't going anywhere, whether we <laughs> like right. it or not. <laughs> I wouldn't have been sad, personally. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. I mean, I think it I, might be time for a changing of the guard. Um, mm -hmm. That's just me. But uh, the CEO confirmed that she is fine uh, in her job. She's totally secure. He also went on to say that the uh, firing of Gina Carano had nothing to do with politics and everything to do with, quote, universal values. I see. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, take that as you will. Right. Oh, I I really don't have much to, to comment on it. Uh, I did see a headline. I don't know if it's true or not, but um, I did see a headline as I was researching that Kathleen Kennedy business mm -hmm. that um, apparently Farbro was actually on Gina's side during this whole thing up until those last posts. Um, I, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. I don't know if it's true or not, but I didn't really even read the article, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's su uh, suffice to say that Barbara is supportive of all the cast members and I, there's nothing yes. that's happened or has come up uh, front that would say, would say otherwise. So, um, yes. I, I really think that he, 
supported her as much as he could. Yeah, I agree. Um, the cinematographers on The Mandalorian recently won an award for uh, from the American Society of Cinematographers, which this does not surprise me at all because The Mandalorian is a beautifully shot piece of uh, yes. television. Um, and also the show won an award for best editing earlier in the week. So yay for all the awards. Awesome. Yeah. They, they deserve all of the awards. I, to be honest, I'm really upset that they got snubbed at, at the Emmys. That, that sucked. That was, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to get some credit, you know, for, yeah. for Star Wars. I thought the Mandalorian did it. I really did. Girl, I know. You know? Yeah, they really did. I, I thought they really crossed the boundaries from science fiction, which science fiction has never really gotten proper credit no. for being an artistic medium, to um, mainstream drama. Right. You know, I really thought that The Mandalorian did that. So it's sad that they were uh, snubbed. I think that they were snubbed. Mm -hmm. And I think The Crown has had its due and been awarded enough and it's time for someone else to step up so mm -hmm. but hey maybe maybe there's hope for next season yeah let's hope so i would it would be nice because <laughs> i think they've earned it these yeah, people it definitely would they be work nice. so hard i guess you know I, I for me i just i'm sad for everyone involved with the production because they work so darn hard you know for the quality for all those yeah. little attention to details um you know but no, nothing. <laughs> you get nothing. <laughs> Whatever. I'm <Right>. not bitter. <laughs> no, no, we're not bitter at all. No. We're completely right. fine. <laughs> uh, what, what else is going on in the Star Wars universe? Yeah, we talked about this with Tiffany, uh, about how Benedict Cumberbatch had been um, asked about casting as Thrawn. And he's yes. like, no. And he yes. said that he had no, no desire to be turned blue. Which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. Um, I, I don't know. I, I thought he would have been great as a... There was Admiral Thrawn, right, that people were gunning him for? Right. Yeah, I thought he would have been great right. as Admiral Thrawn, but you don't want to be a part of the most popular franchise in modern history. Fine with me. Yeah, I guess... <laughs> you know, I don't... I, I guess Benedict is thinking... I'm already Doctor Strange. I'm already Sherlock. Yeah, I suppose. I've got I've got enough. Right. That's true. But I would love to see him as Thrawn because he's so talented. Yeah, I guess I can't get... Uh, I know you're a, a Star Trek fan, too, and I, yes. I can't forget his performance as Khan in Star oh Trek. Oh, my gosh, that, he was so good. Yeah, he made a perfect Khan. He was so good, so I just thought, man, that would be awesome if he could bring that to Thrawn. Even though I've, I've never even met Admiral Thrawn yet. I just know if he's such an amazing actor, he would do wonderful. Well, you know, but, I have heard, actually, you know. that Lars Mikkelsen, um, I think his last name is Mikkelsen. <gasps> it's, Ma it's Mads Mikkelsen's oh, brother. Yeah. He voices Thrawn in Rebels. And I've heard that he's actually been cast or is in the process of being cast as Thrawn. Oh, really? Okay. So I don't know if that's true. I don't know. Hmm. But uh, well, I would take people that. People are talking about it because he voices that. Yeah. Oh well, then I would take that for sure. He knows the character already. That would be perfect, actually. Oh yeah, he's amazing. Okay. All right. Well, I'm just gonna sit back and and you know let everyone make those decisions. They've made really great decisions with casting. I think. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Uh, I also read an editorial um, on RottenTomatoes.com 
Rotten Tomatoes has a podcast so, called Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong, which is really, really funny. And um, and they actually take a, took another look recently, and they conceded that their initial review was wrong. <gasps> really? Yes. So it's and it kind of upsets me because it's almost too little, too late. Well, yeah. Like I how, mean, this is how many like years now? How, because a lot of people. And now I'm I'm one of these people that I like movies based on public opinion more so than critical opinion. Okay. So, so I, I I don't I don't really put a lot of stock in Rotten Tomatoes. Right. But Rotten Tomatoes has such a reputation that when they when they rate a movie, it really means a lot to a lot of people. I thought that The Last Jedi got higher reviews from Rotten Tomatoes than The Rise of Skywalker did. I could have sworn that they did because I remember I sent it to someone. Oh, it did. Did yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, it did, but it still wasn't very high. Okay. It seems almost kind of pointless at this point that they would do that, but I, I do appreciate yeah. that they did it anyway, I guess. Um, right. Yeah. I agree with you. It's kind of pointless. Yeah. Um, I hate that I used to be a Rotten Tomatoes snob until I saw, um, what was it? I saw The Last Showman or The Greatest Showman and I couldn't help myself. Uh, yeah. I just loved it, even though it got like a terrible Rotten Tomatoes review. And I'm just like, F you Rotten Tomatoes. I like it. Okay. Oh, yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> so now, now I kind of just watch what I want to watch. Yeah, girl. I watch what I want to watch too. Yeah. Well, that's that's really cool. Dang, I wish I could have covered that last week, but we covered so much last week. <laughs> yes, we did. We had a packed episode. Um, the other the other bit of thing that I was going to share was, you know, Sebastian Stan, um, who is an uncanny lookalike for Mark Hamill. Yes. Um, there's still insiders are saying that it's still not off the market for him to be cast as Luke. Okay. So they're they're playing around with that. Um, he's still it's still whispering oh. that he could be Luke, which would be amazing because when you cannot, it do would CGI, be the best thing ever. Yes. I want it so bad. Can we please see Luke during this time when, in his prime as a young Jedi, building the Jedi, you know, back together? We have an you know. Pretty much a, a dead lookalike. It looks just he like looks him. Exactly Please, just, like just him. do it. Does exactly. I mean, it's it freaks me out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really freaky. Especially, I don't. You saw that photo where someone they took the hair of Luke and put it right on Sebastian Stan. I mean, it's uh, him. It's, him. That's it's, Luke. it's unbelievable. <laughs> and you know, and he has such a doppelganger. And you know, Mark Hamill has teased on um, the uh, on internet on the tw- on Twitter. That how how funny it is and how he's really his son and all of this stuff and yeah you know, and so Mark is totally for it, right? I just wonder what's the holdup. What are they waiting for? I mean, I Sebastian Stan's got to want to play Luke. I mean, Luke is one of the most iconic figures ever. You know, I don't know why he wouldn't want to play him. And you know, Sebastian Stan is such a good actor, so exactly. it would be amazing. It would be. Fingers crossed that I'm hoping that we'll see that. That would be so cool. I hope I hope mm. it happens. And the last bit of news I have is a new, is a news item about the next movie that we can expect from the Star Wars franchise. It's called Rogue Squadron, 
and Rogue Squadron is going to introduce a new generation of star pilots to the Star Wars universe. And we can expect that movie in Christmas 2022. Okay. Well, that'll be exciting. Something to look forward to. It's becoming a tradition, really, for me to go to see Star Wars movies on Christmas Day. So (laughs) I'd love to go to another one. (laughs) Yay. I love that. Uh, that's it for news. Um, it was kind of a slow week, but there were some really good tidbits in there, and um, that that's about it. Okay, well, you still managed to find quite a lot, in my opinion. <laughs> that's more than I found. <laughs> All right, well, let's get started with our discussion of the second half of Season 3. Um, we're going to be picking up from that amazing episode that ended our last rewatch, um, the, the one where they were on uh, Mortis where they were trying to figure out, it was the, the father, the son, and the daughter were trying to discover if Anakin was truly the chosen one. Oh my gosh, that was so good. I just can't get over this arc. It's it, This is by far my favorite arc of this entire series. I, I love all three of these episodes. It's and they, superior. Yeah, it was just I, out of this world. I, I just loved it. So um, so the, the episode 16, this took place after the first episode of the arc um again i i really like that they they focus on the nature of the force the whole battle between the the light and the dark um and i really actually i loved that this episode they actually pitted ahsoka against anakin because you know that the sun was able to turn ahsoka to the dark side um in this episode yes he bit her yeah Yeah. and uh you know gosh dark ahsoka actually gave me quite a chill because um for some reason, you know, I guess for me, I, I got a sense of foreshadowing of what's going to happen in the future, you know, um, in terms of Anakin yeah. turning and Ahsoka taking him on. So um, so I got that and it gave me quite a chill. Uh, I thought it was very dramatic and, and very emotional towards the end when the daughter sacrificed herself to save her father. And that whole thing actually set off the balance of the force. Um which, you know, is, is right. very cataclysmic, if you think about it, uh, because the Force must always be in balance. And so, um, you know, we, we have to agree, like, like this is, is this really the event that causes the rise of the Sith? You know, because the dark has now um, been unleashed. Right. You know, so um, overall, great episode. I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think that that moment was what, knock the force out of balance if you want to put it colloquially um and that daughter the daughter sacrificing her life so ahsoka could live was just really beautiful i love the symbolism of the animals how they're both these bird-like creatures yes i agree it was just the whole arc was just superior to me and um, I, it's really enjoyable television. When the Clone Wars is good, it's really it's good. It's really good. <laughs> and so, so, and this is this is just our summation from three seasons. Yes. You know, we've just stuck our toe into the fourth. Mm-hmm. But um, it did. This arc was amazing, and it's something that I found myself thinking about throughout the week. Yes. I would just kind of like flash to yes. it. Because it made left some, such an impression on me. I agree. And now I know what everyone said when they said, just wait. <laughs> like, right, exactly. Just wait. Like, damn, just wait. you guys weren't kidding. <laughs> um, nobody nobody was playing. No. 
but uh, yeah, so so this was an amazing episode, and then um, and then so let's get into the the last episode of this arc. I, I didn't want this arc to end. I just you know it was just so great. Um, I loved seeing Qui Gon again, you know, and I loved that we got to see Qui Gon talk to Anakin. You know, I've always wanted to see that. Yes. You know, I've always wanted Anakin to be able to to see Qui Gon again and talk to him again, just like how Luke was able to talk to Obi Wan after Obi Wan. Exactly. You know, died. So that's what I felt when I saw that. Um, and one thing I wanted to tell you that I was excited about that I forgot to mention last week that Liam Neeson and um, Pernilla August came back to play their original characters from The Phantom Menace. I thought that was Pernilla August. Yes, it was. I love yes. her. So I thought that was awesome. That was so cool. Um and, uh, again, I also got, uh, the same, um, feeling when Qui-Gon told Anakin that he had to go to the place that was strong with the dark side. I got the same feeling of when Yoda told Luke the same thing in Empire. Yes. So, um, that was cool. There's so many parallels in these, in this arc to the original trilogy. And I think that that's what makes it so good. Like, it does all the things that The Force Awakens tried to do without being derivative. Yeah, and, and, you know, even The Mandalorian, I found so many parallels with The Mandalorian from the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah, it's it's very different than what the um, the sequel trilogy did, um, where it was literally rehashing the same storyline. It's still, it's unique enough, right. um, but still inspired by things that we've seen already, and, um, and I can just appreciate that. Um, I got major chills when Anakin saw his future. It actually made Anakin's eventual turn to the dark side even more tragic and believable, seeing again that it was his fear that got the best of him in the end, you know? Yeah, it is, yeah. The whole thing, it brought really a lot more meaning um, to Anakin's turn in Revenge of the Sith. You just see these different layers to his character that were explored in this episode. I mean, it was just so good. (laughs) It was so good, and... There were so many, and like I mentioned the parallels before, but there were so many lines that harken back to the original trilogy, like almost poetic way. And it was just, uh, it was a work of art. I love this arc so much. There was some some lines that I loved, uh, especially what the father said in his dying words to Anakin. He says, you are the chosen one. Yes. You brought balance. You stay on this path and you'll do it again for the galaxy. But beware your heart. That was the last words he said. Beware your heart. Mm. So that was just, oh, gosh, that was amazing. You know, as Anakin, Anakin's heart is really strongest strength and his his biggest weakness. Because if you'll notice, there's nothing he won't do to protect Obi-Wan. There's nothing he won't do to protect Ahsoka. And that really right. it is is in opposition of the Jedi Code. That's true. Who puts the the needs of the many against the needs of the few, to borrow a Star Trek yes. reference. Um but uh so so he's you know, that's that's his sore spot is to get him where the people around him that that mean a lot to mm-hmm. him, that's that's his Achilles heel. And it's again, I just uh, I love going back to also to the fact again that even after all those years, I don't how many years was he as Darth Vader? 
Well, I guess for for all of Luke's life, up until we see Luke yeah. with him in the Return of the Jedi. So I'm I'm trying to get I'm trying to guess how old Luke is, but if you think at least a couple decades, okay? So a couple decades yeah. completely immersed in the dark side. He's a Sith, you know, lord. And even in Luke's most vulnerable moment when Luke is about to die, he turns and saves his son. So it, again, it's that heart. Exactly. And you're right. It's his greatest strength, his greatest weakness. Yeah, and then I don't remember who said it, but there was a line that said, I always knew there was good in you. And it just reminded me of what Padme's last words Absolutely. in um, Revenge of the Sith. And also yeah. Luke's words to Vader, there's still good in you. The Emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. He says that in the hallway in Jedi. That's right. I love that. Me too. Um, hey, I wanted to share something with you. I don't know if you saw this on the, uh, someone posted it on the Mandalorian Facebook page. Uh-huh. And it's called Dave Filoni's Heart-Murdering Commentary on Darth Vader. It says, Anakin Skywalker thinks that he never switched sides. He thinks he's still fighting the good fight. He thinks Obi-Wan betrayed him. He thinks Padme betrayed him, and that led to her and their child's death. He wow. thinks the Jedi were... St- Right, I know. He thinks the Jedi were staging a coup against the Republic. He thinks the Republic was weak, and that's why it became corrupt and fell apart despite Palpatine's attempts to save it. Overall, he internally hates himself for everything that occurred because he thinks that he wasn't strong enough to make things right. Yeah, I think this is pretty fair. I think so, too. Um, Just what incredible insight into the mind of Anakin. Oh gosh, I didn't want this ep- I didn't want this episode arc to end, but unfortunately it had to. Um so then the yeah. next episode, The Citadel. It took me a while to get used to this episode to come down from that arc because I obviously we both got rather attached mm-hmm. to it. So it was kind of it was kind of hard for me to get into this one. Oh yeah. But I think this is the one where Ahsoka So Anakin didn't want Ahsoka to go on this mission, but she went anyway. Right. Plo Koon kind of allowed her to go, yeah. Yeah, so um, I did love that scene between Ahsoka and Plo Koon. I, I still love that he calls her little Soka. <laughs> I think that's cute. Yeah. The freezing and carbonite scene, that was really cool. Again, it reminded me of Empire. Right. This So this episode arc, the Citadel, this is where you really see um, Anakin and Tarkin's relationship develop. Um, you see those seeds being planted in Anakin. That was kind of the only thing that I found interesting. Okay, so that was that was the Citadel episode. And then uh, the following one. This one, so again, we, we get introduced to, to Tarkin, you know, and we're starting to see his darker traits and uh, his comments like admiring the, the Citadel and how mm-hmm. it's a shame that they couldn't use it to their advantage or whatever. And the looks that Ahsoka is giving him and... And then Anakin is agreeing with him. You can totally see that Obi-Wan and Ahsoka are very wary of this, you know, budding friendship that seems to be happening between Tarkin and Anakin. I thought that was... And, you know, seeing Tarkin and Anakin become friends, it was almost like foreshadowing. Yes, absolutely. It was definitely foreshadowing. But the, the best thing for me about this episode was Tarkin. 
hands down. It was, I, I really enjoyed Tarkin. Um, that was the only thing that I could really get into, <laughs> to be honest with you. There was also a line I, I liked. It's not, doesn't involve Tarkin, but I love how Obi-Wan predicted perfectly that Anakin would turn to plan B. That seems to always be a theme. <laughs> yeah. With, with Obi-Wan and Anakin, Anakin always has a plan B. So again, let's, getting on to the episode 20, the Citadel Rescue. That's the last uh, episode of this arc. I think I speak for both of us when we say we were relieved that this arc concluded. Yes, this was pretty painful. It was. It really was, I think, eye-opening to Obi-Wan when he heard Anakin mention um, about... I, I don't remember exactly what the what he said, but it had something to do with breaking the code in order to win. Anakin, I think, said something about how the Jedi never did all that it takes to win or something like that. Yeah, so Obi-Wan countered that with saying that um, if they sacrifice their code for victory, they risk losing their honor. Yet they have, we've already seen them do things in the past, though, that were not honorable. You know, like... Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. We've seen a lot of gray areas when it comes to the Jedi. Yeah, I think in many ways Obi-Wan is blind to that, as, the, as you know, all the Jedi are, unfortunately. So moving on then to... Uh, so this is where Ahsoka gets lost, I believe. Yeah, Padawan lost. So this is mm-hmm. where we lose Ahsoka. Um, I was glad to, to be back on Felucia. I really like that planet. Um, I do too. Yeah, I think it's a neat looking planet. Um, so this is the episode where Ahsoka is kidnapped by the Trandoshans, and uh, she meets other Jedi younglings. This episode wasn't as strong as it could have it could have been, but um, I still was afraid for the lives of the other characters. Not Ahsoka, of course, because we know yeah. she's going to live. But, you know, they definitely have guts when it comes to taking out characters in dramatic ways. Characters like Khalifa. Um, I was kind of disappointed she didn't make it. Um, but I guess this whole... You know, this whole episode plot, it kind of reminded me of, uh, I think I told you this, um, that it reminds me of a paper I did about canned hunts, like, years ago, where yeah. these hunters, they catch, like, wild exotic animals, and then they'll catch, th- or they'll release them in, like, a controlled environment so that they can shoot them and then put them on their wall. It's awful. Right, um, right, that is awful. Yeah. It, well, it reminded me of um, The Most Dangerous Game. So I agree that this episode could have been better. It it had all the dramatic elements to make it a good episode, but I just found myself not necessarily riveted. Yeah, yeah, same here. Like, it, it had potential, not like the others that we've seen. It was cool to see the Transdosians. Like, the only other one we've ever met is Bosk. Bosk, exactly. It was cool yeah. to see more of his species. I will get. I will agree with you there. So then the episode after that, that concludes this arc, it was the Wookiee hunt where I, I couldn't believe it. I was genuinely surprised that we got to meet right. Chewbacca for the first yes, time. Yes, we did. So that was really cool. It was awesome. Chewbacca saved this one for me. For, same here. I was going to say I, you know, almost didn't get into it until I saw Chewie. I guess the one thing besides Chewbacca that I took away from from this is just, you know, Ahsoka just kind of amazes me how far she's come, you know, since we first met her. You know, it was yeah. it was all of her training that, you know, she was able to survive. All of this. And she, she was able not only to survive, but also lead others. You know, that's what she told Anakin at the very end. 
you know, when they that finally meet up. That was a really up. touching moment between them. It really was. And so, because, you know, Anakin, he's, like, beating himself up. If, you know, if I should have been keeping an eye on you, I should have been there. And, you know, and she's like, you did everything you could. You know, it was all of your training that saved me. It was it was really a beautiful moment. I, right. I loved it. Um, so that saved the episode for me. Um, oh, do you have anything to add, Brandy, before we get on to season four? <laughs> Um, I was just kind of constantly entertained by how they got dirtier and dirtier as the episode progressed. Yeah. Um, they had like a little sheen of filth. Like, I'm not sure where that came from, but I guess that's jungle life. Yes. And, right. uh, also the younglings were kind of advanced for younglings. I agree. They were using Jedi mind tricks and using the force and... I agree. It's pretty impressive. They seemed a little too advanced for just being younglings, I agree. Yeah. Like, how much training have you guys really had? (laughs) Yeah, because as younglings, they don't yet have a master. So they've just kind of been involved in, like, generic Jedi's classes. Yeah. Like, they don't even have a lightsaber at that point, right? Right. Yeah, I agree. That kind of stood out to me. Um Oh, I really don't want to, but we have to, Brandy. <laughs> Got to talk about season four. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I really don't want to. So, water war. Uh, so, I mean, I, uh, mm. <laughs> I'm trying so hard here. <laughs> it was cool to see the planet that the Mon Calamari come from, but yes. it was just really hard to get past the fact that you know, lightsabers work underwater and all of the lasers. Blaster and bolts work underwater. Blasters and people speak perfect, perfectly underwater. Um, oh, yeah. They've got scuba gear that can just last for forever. You know, you never run out of air. Would you say it's running mm-hmm. on the force? <laughs> it's running on the force, it baby. Really I'm was. telling you. I need me some of that scuba gear because I tell you, I'd be having a panic attack like half hour down there. Like, okay, I got to go to the surface now, guys. Um, yeah, this was um, this was a really difficult arc, and it just seemed like it. We can't not talk about Shark Man. Shark, yeah, we could talk about Shark Man. We were both terrified. <laughs> so afraid of I that I thought man. I was going to have nightmares over that guy, I tell ya. I really yeah. did, yeah. He was terrifying. Um, and you know, I, I told you last night when we were watching this that I happened to be talking to my son about sharks because he, you know, my son is starting to discover all of these things. Like, you know, he was asking if vamp- right? he was asking if vampires were real. And I'm like, no, they're not real. They're, those are made up. And he goes, well, are sharks real? And I go, of course they're real. And, I'm, and he's like, do people... Can people get eaten by sharks? I said, absolutely people get eaten by yeah. sharks. And I told him this really sad story about a guy that got eaten in Australia. And, um, yeah, so then we're watching this, and I see this shark man. It's like, dang it. <laughs> can't get <your> break. <laughs> that sucked. So, um, yeah, I, I swear that they snuck the Jaws theme in the background every time he was around. I swear. There oh, was yeah. one scene in There was one scene in particular. I'm like, I can't believe they did that. Oh, that freaked me out. Um, I guess the only, you know, good thing I can say is I, I learned that Kit Fisto can breathe just fine underwater. Like, yeah, I had Kit no Fisto idea. Yeah, Kit Fisto is Aquaman. Yeah, he is Aquaman. So that was kind of cool. I mean, I, I really liked, you know, seeing Kit Fisto in action yeah. underwater. Um, I never in a million years would have thought I'd see Anakin and Padme or Ahsoka in scuba gear. 
So no, that was so, a surprise. Yeah, that was a surprise. So, um, and then we had to endure that whiny prince, the Mon Calamari uh, prince. Yeah, he was. Um, he was very unbearable. I just I wanted to smack him. <laughs> yeah, I really did. It's like, gosh, yeah, just shut up. Just let these guys take over. Just you know, just stop. Um, yeah, it was just unbearable. Um, you know, it 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 almost it it seemed like that that prince guy. He just needed Ahsoka to hold his hand the entire time. It's like yeah. she was babysitting. It seemed. Um, oh, you made the discovery. I didn't even realize this, but um, Admiral Akbar is in this episode. It was in this, absolutely. He's yeah. a captain. Yeah, he was a captain. So that was cool. That was cool to see. You know, an old character that we know. He had a cool helmet, too. Yes, he did. So, yeah, and then the shark guy, turns out he can roars. That made it even worse for me. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing him roaring, I'm just, you know, he scares me enough, and now he's roaring. Oh, my gosh. So let's let's get to the the final episode of this arc. I just got to get through it, like ripping off a Band-Aid. Yeah, this this prince, I, I held back for two episodes. I know he's young, but he's just so annoyingly naive. Like I can't believe yeah. he sur- I I can't believe he survived actually. If, you know, if only by a Yeah, soca. I thought he was going to be shark bait. <laughs> for sure, right? Yeah, I guess overall, I couldn't wait for this arc to be done. It was so disappointing. I mean, the underwater idea, I guess it's it's cool at first. We haven't explored anything underwater. Um but I just, I couldn't get past the logic of it all, you know, even in fiction. There was just too much distracting me from right. from being able to enjoy it. So I give them credit for trying, but it just didn't work for me. Just really pleased that this episode, this episode art came to an end. I hate to say that. And then the next two, unfortunately for me, weren't any better. The, the notes get smaller and smaller. There just isn't anything good to say. So, so again, we see Padme and Anakin. Um, I don't even, honestly, I don't even remember what happened in this episode. I was so bored. That's how bad it was. Yeah, I kind of zoned out during this one. Oh, so this is where, this is centered on the Gungans, you know, considering joining the Separatists, the mind control. Yeah, this, no oh, wonder no. I zoned out on this one. Um, yeah, this, this whole episode seemed ridiculous to me. I mean, you know, right down to... The whole mind control and, you know, Jar Jar pretending to be the Gungan leader, the general, and, you know, trying to tick off General Grievous. I mean, it just seemed really ridiculous. Um, it's really my big secret that the Gungans really annoy me. Yeah, no, they do. This this was the topper for me in terms of annoyance. Like, they were just irritating me, really. Yeah, I, th- I think we both, so I think we both came to the conclusion after... All these episodes, uh, especially with the those first three episodes with that arc, and then this, that this the show it seemed like it lost itself after season three. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't know it why. Did. It seems like it was trying to establish an identity. Yeah, and I thought you know they were they really seemed like they were on the right track. You know, halfway through season three, um, or like the second half of season three. Um, so I I just don't know what mm-hmm. happened, but I, I know it's gonna get better. Yeah, it was just really hard oh, yeah. to get through these first few episodes. I mean, even this last one, I felt like it was uh, made for, for the kids, really. I mean, the 
I appreciate that they try to show us different worlds and different right um, civilizations, but um, it was a pointless filler episode. Is that the one with R2 and 3PO? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was the one where you guessed the riddle on that. I guessed congratulations. the riddle. Yay. You did. So you, <laughs> congratulations on that. I'm terrible <laughs> at riddles, so that was kind of surprising. Yeah, I am too. I, I can never guess any of them. So, yeah, so I, I you know, I, it seems like the show was struggling to, to find itself, but um, I know that there's still a lot of good stuff in store. So, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not pessimistic at all. I, I know that we have a lot. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm just grateful to get through these these episodes so we can get on to something good. Yeah, um, girl, it was difficult. Yeah. No, next week Next week is going to be much better. We're going to be much more upbeat. Even the best shows have off days. The first couple of episodes of season four were pretty rocky. So maybe they got the kinks worked out and the rest of it will be great. Oh, they're, they're going to be great. Again, I, I know I shouldn't base my opinions, but the higher the, the ratings on IMDb, you know, the the more we are enjoying ourselves. So <laughs> I know we've got some good things in store next week. So yeah, I look forward to next week. Tune in next week, everybody. We're going to delve even further into season four of the Clone Wars. And uh, we thank you so much for, for listening and joining us tonight. And uh, may the force be with you. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Red 5 Network.